1: More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really?
0: Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky?
1: I never win and tell.
0: Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
2: All right, Billy Cunningham, the great American, coming up in about one hour as JT Townsend on the brick of family murders. That Evan uh, Millward of Channel 9 did a report on about a week or 10 days ago. And we're going to go in-depth with J.T. Townsend about these murders that took place behind Western Bowl in 1966 when I was a kid. Tom McKee is a longtime reporter at WCPO. When I was a kid, I used to listen to him. Beginning in 1974, which is what, uh, about uh, 40, uh, 44 years, he had a little bit of a hiccup in the middle where he went away and, Worked at another station for five years. But essentially, Tom McKee, for the last uh, 40-plus years, has embodied uh, television journalism, much much like Deb Dixon did at Channel 12, and much like John London is doing at Channel 5. But Tom McKee is the longest-serving reporter in the tri-state, maybe, in its history. And uh, today's his last day of work. And Tom McKee, welcome, I think, for the first or second time to the Bill Cunningham Show. Tom, how are you?
3: I'm doing fine, Bill. I'm flattered you'd have me on because I want to make the point right out of the gate that this job that I've been doing a privileged to do for the past 40 years is not about me. It's about the people we do stories on and how we can make the lives of the people in the community better. Uh, that's the thing I want people to remember. It's never been about me, Tom McKee, as a reporter. It's about the community.
2: That's kind of unique in television and radio. Would you agree?
3: I would think so, yes. (laughs) We've all seen some folks that uh, perhaps uh, trying to beat their own drum a little bit, but that's never been my style. I go back to the time when uh, uh, a gentleman named Al Shavokati hired me uh, back in 1974. In fact, I'm sitting in the newsroom right now looking at a picture of him on the wall. Uh, What a training ground, uh, the idea of doing it right or don't do it at all. Get the facts. Get them right. Don't make mistakes. Be fair. Be balanced and get the story done. That's the way he did it. That's the way Al White, who just recently passed away, did it when they started this newsroom, and that's what they helped uh, uh, pass along to me early on in my career. A 22-year-old kid out of Ohio University was hired in the 26th market in the country. That doesn't happen that often.
2: Well, when you were hired, uh, OU's got a great journalism department. So many came out of OU, much like Syracuse. Those are maybe in this part of the country the two best schools for journalism. 22 years old to work with Al Shadokati. Did you come in in awe almost of what that man had accomplished?
3: Well, I had interned in the summer of 1973. Ken Brew and I both interned at CPO in the summer of '73. In fact, we roomed together up at a little, little apartment up in Clifton for that summer. Um, but, yeah, I was in awe of Shadow Cutty. I'm not sure I knew exactly what had happened uh, during that time, but uh, I quickly learned about the prowess of this gentleman, his demeanor, his tenacity, um, and the ability to get a story, get it on the air, and get it right. It was just amazing. It was pictures, pictures, pictures was his format. As you may know, headline news for CNN was modeled after the early days of the Al Shadokati news. Pictures, pictures, pictures. Uh, Ted Turner and the folks that did that gave him credit for establishing that format of news.
2: And the folks at 5 and 12 and later on 19, uh, I think, all lived in the shadow of Shadokati. But describe... Now, if we transport you back to 1974, 1975, 1976, how dominant was Al Shadokati at that point?
3: Well, Al Shadokati was number one in this market for more than 22 years. Now, think of that. 22 years, his newscast was number one in the ratings. Do you think that's going to happen in this day and age? <laughs> no. Absolutely not. But he was the the dean of uh, of news uh, of the news. He was a newspaper columnist for the Inquirer when Mort Waters and the folks that were running this early thing called television came along and said, "We want to do a news operation." Shadow was hired. Uh, they operated out of a trailer. Uh, next to the transmitter building on Sim Street in Walnut Hills, and uh, (laughs) Al Shalikati, Al White, and the chief photographer at the time, Frank Jones, and later then Jack Moran, and then uh, later Todd Hunter, and uh, uh, some other things uh, were done. Uh, They didn't know that there was a playbook to be followed. There was no playbook. They helped write the playbook for TV news coverage across the country, and obviously it's morphed. It was all film when I started, then it went to tape, and then it went to chips that you can shoot on, and uh, that sort. Thing and now we have social media, so there have been monumental changes in this business over the years. Uh, I've tried to roll with them because, uh, actually, it's fun to use these tools to do a, a, a better job.
2: Tom McKee, you talked about some of the changes from 1974 to 2018. One could not have envisioned the number numerically of the changes substantively and procedurally that's taken place in television or radio or the print media. But just can you give us two or three fundamental things that are different substantively from 1974 to 2018?
3: Well, I would think the most uh, one that stands out the most would be social media. Look what we have now. Um, People can comment sometimes anonymously, sometimes uh, a little violently, sometimes a little aggressively, and they can do it anonymously. Certainly we have to be aware of that, and if we want to perhaps use that as part of our stories, we have to be very careful in how we vet that. We have to be very careful in how we um, make sure that what is being said might be factual, because as we know, some people out there might be tempted to put out uh, things that perhaps aren't true. Uh, I'm not going to use the words uh, very strongly, But that's what we're talking about, fake news, when purposely people put stuff out there that they know not to be true. I would not say that that ascribes to Channel 9 or any of the people that we operate uh, at this station, this script station, or any other local reporters in this city. I would say that does not happen.
2: Are you satisfied with the arc of your professional life from 1974 until today?
3: Well, it's been quite a ride. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, I'm satisfied with it. I've had a, a great deal of uh, pride in the work that I do. Look, in this business, we get to do a lot of things that people don't get to do. We get to be at events where we, we may not be in attendance, but we get to be at events or so sporting events and political events. We get to cover presidents. We get to cover the Reds, the Bengals, Kentucky Speedway, or any of a number of other things that are out there. We get to be trained observers of these things and try to bring the stories of those events back to the people of the community. And the, the script's motto is, give light and the people will find their own way. Now some may call that corny. I subscribe to that. We are messengers, giving information to people that they could possibly use in their daily lives, and then hopefully they can take it to say, yes, I can use that. No, I can't use that. Hmm, maybe I should be thinking about that. That's what real journalism is, is supposed to do, make you think, hold government accountable, hold government to transparency, hold anybody to transparency uh, uh, for the good of the community.
2: Tom, let me. Uh, we're going to put the James Hoskins matter off to the side for the moment, but other than that, we're going to talk about what happened in 1980 with you and Elaine Green. But, but give me the two or three or four in the last 45 years, the biggest stories in Cincinnati that you covered.
3: Oh, my goodness. In the first ten years I was here, we had a big story every year. I can go through the tornadoes of 1974, the ones that hit here and also hit Xenia that same day on April the 3rd, 1974. The Reds Reds World Series runs in 75 and 76. The winter of 77, the Beverly Hills Supper Club fire. Uh, 1978, the winter of 78. 1979, the Who concert tragedy. 1980, the Hoskins thing, of course. 1981, the Bengals going to the Super Bowl. Isn't that a dream? Yeah. In 1982, the Air Canada plane landing here on fire with 23 people killed aboard that plane. And then you go into the future, other stories I've had a chance to cover were Hurricane Katrina for nine days down in New Orleans uh, and surrounding areas, Uh, the Virginia Tech massacres, I had a chance to go there, Gatlinburg fires last year. Um, So those are stories out of town, in town, I've done politics, education, uh, business stories, Um, again, with that idea of trying to make the community a little smarter, a little better off.
2: You know, someone asked me the characters, the time, the things, and the one character with so many different layers from 1963 until even now today is Pete Rose because of the connections, Western Hills High School, because of the MVP, because of the big red machine, and then the five years that Pete Rose went through the managership, suspended – in august of 1989 and then even through last year there was all those stories about john dowd and pete having sex with teenage girls which i guess is true but we'll never find out because he dismissed the lawsuit but would you say that as far as the characters and personalities that you've covered with the various layers is pete rose at the top of the list
3: I didn't cover Pete Rose that often. When I was a young reporter, I often went down to uh, Riverfront Stadium then, just not long after Sparky Anderson was named the, the, the manager, and I got a chance to sometimes interview some of these guys. And uh, like so many people, they were—I uh, was in awe of them to a certain extent. But I had a job to do, so I just interviewed them and didn't think much about it. Didn't know much about Pete beyond the confines of the ballpark. I know that when I was in the Big Brothers program years ago, I called up Jim Ferguson, who was the head of PR then for the. reds and we arranged a quick meeting with pete after one of the games he could not have been more congenial so that's my knowledge of pete rose uh, as a person
2: describe in 1980 james hoskins when he took you hostage in the channel 9 newsroom describe what occurred
3: well it was october 15th 1980 i was uh, the producer of al chateau's six and eleven o'clock news then i was working late on election preparation um, I was uh, working alone in the newsroom uh, about 1.30 in the morning, um, and I, the, the door buzzed. Uh, the buzzer at the door buzzed, and Elaine Green was standing there by herself, so I buzzed her, let her in, went back, sat down, and the next thing I know, uh, Elaine comes around the corner with John Earhart, the photographer, and there was a gentleman behind here, behind both of them, with a gun at their backs. Uh, they were near the front of the newsroom. I asked this gentleman permission to leave where I was and come up closer so I could see what he was like who he was and I realized quickly there was no way to disarm this gentleman he had a AR-15 and uh, there was nothing I could do throw at him whatever that was going to make the situation any better so we just started talking with him as unfortunate luck would have it other people came in from assignments or whatever into the newsroom and they were all hostages to the point where there were nine of us the security guard um there was mike williams the photographer uh, who's at uh, channel 12 still uh there was ralph weber one of our engineers there was our bill mosley our cleaning crew guy john collins the security guard and all of a sudden nine people were hostage
2: and and, uh, uh, take us through you were on tv live what were his demands he had some unusual demands
3: Well, first of all, he wanted to go live on Channel 9, and we didn't want that. Elaine didn't want that. So we suggested, or Elaine suggested, how about a taped interview? Now, I will say this. John Earhart didn't have his camera with him. He went out and got his camera, brought it back in. He could have left. But he came back in and did it. They did a 15-minute interview uh, with Hoskins, where he complained about uh, the media doesn't care about the poor people. I can see it from my window in the over the Rhine. He had an apartment at uh, 12th and Vine, and what where the Gateway Quarter is now, and he could look down on the park and he. I can see all the poor people. They have nothing. Uh, nobody wants to help them. Nobody wants to do anything for them. So that was his main uh, thing, and then. Uh, We started asking him a little bit more and a little bit more, and all of a sudden he said, can we help you? How can we help you? And he says, you can't help us. I just murdered my girlfriend. Wow. Well, he he confessed to murdering his girlfriend to us. He had shot his girlfriend, Melanie Finley, six times in the chest in that apartment at close range. He had a plan the next day, October 16th, to walk into the municipal court building, which was then on the first floor of the anson building. He had a plan to go in there and start opening fire the next morning. She didn't want to do it, so he shot her. She was a Catholic school teacher, I believe, in Green Hills, the Green Hills area. But he shot her dead. He went out walking, uh, just wandering. He came across Elaine and John in the parking lot. They said, hi. Hi
4: even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life.
5: No purchase necessary. BGW report prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.
3: Every day we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call Working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol
0: and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov/careers.
3: Next thing you know, Elaine hears the words "hold it," and they turn around, and here's Hoskins taking a paper bag off the front of this gun. Jeez,
2: how did it t- how did it how did it uh, climax? What happened?
3: Well, after we talked to him, uh, Elaine did the interview. Then she. Hoskins put the gun to his chin at one point, said, maybe I should just end it here. Elaine went and sat down to kind of take over the shock, get away from the shock of that. I talked to him for another hour and 15 minutes, and after a while, we became unimportant to him. He wanted to shoot it out with police. So I asked permission to go upstairs and let the people on the second floor of the building at 5th and Central at the time, and I asked permission to let them get out of the building. I told them to turn the TV station to black. I came back down the stairs, and that's the only time I was worried about possibly getting hurt, was coming down that stairs around the corner where I didn't know what was going on. Mm. There he was, stacking his 600 rounds of ammunition on the assignment desk, waiting for his supposed shootout. And he said, you guys can go. He let all nine of us go. We, we met outside. We went over to District 1 and reported it, and that set off the... Uh, full chain of events with the SWAT call out. Uh, the uh, initial hostage thing was about 12, one thirty in the morning. He let us all go close to 3 in the morning. And then he ended up shooting himself, taking his own life, uh, about 9.30 in the morning.
2: Tom McKee, what will you m- miss uh, most about uh, television journalism?
3: I love the pace of it. I love the environment of it. I love the people I work with. I love the chance to go out and bring stories out in the community that perhaps, like I said before, that might make their lives a little bit better. Yes, we report on crime and things that uh, are really abhorrent uh, to the general person's uh, sensibilities, but there are stories that need to be told if you put it in perspective, if you put it in context, if you make some sense out of it so the people out there can have some sense of it, too. Again, these might be old-fashioned values to some people, Uh, out in the community or even some people in this business uh, today I don't know but that's my philosophy that's my theory that I have always tried to to operate under are you sad today I'm not sad I'm looking at uh, the the next few months and years as an adventure I have my health my wife just had some surgery she has her health uh, and we're going to uh, explore things together Uh, I'm not going to (laughs) jump into anything right away but there are opportunities out there whether it's part-time here at the station still in some project work or throughout town don't really know right now. So, yes, there's a little bit of melancholy, a little bit of sadness to it, but um, the future is uh, an adventure.
2: Tom, you've run the race well. You're the best at what you've done. I think it's fair to say because of the rather Short uh, shelf life of television that started in the late 1940s will never see your like again. To spend 40 years in television journalism at the same place is simply impossible. What journalism would look like in 40 years from now, God only knows. But uh, I think you've enriched us all. When I was a much younger person, I watched you, and I watched Al Shadokati, and uh, I think you've done a fabulous job. Each of us have been enriched by what you've done the past 40 years, and to a lesser extent, we will be lessened by your departure But I wish you and yours nothing but the best, and congratulations on a race well run.
3: Well, thank you very much, and I must give out credit to uh, WCPO, the people I've worked with through the years, the general managers, the news directors, the 10 of them that I've worked with, uh, the EW Scripts company uh, supporting Channel 9, supporting me in the endeavors that I've done. Uh, I think it's a a nice partnership. Who knows where TV news, like you said, will be in one year or five (laughs) years or ten years. Uh, I think local news is going to be the key to uh, the future of TV news, local TV news? Who's to say that there might only be two stations in Cincinnati coming in, in the future? The future is, uh, is changing so rapidly, you just don't know.
2: TV journalism locally and talk radio locally will stop when, when a- average Americans don't want to hear some other viewpoint, when, when someone doesn't want to talk to someone else, when someone doesn't want to know what happened. And I don't see that ever occurring. Uh, someone says to me, when will talk radio stop? And I said, when will people stop talking to each other? When will that occur? And the answer is never. And good TV, local journalism will never stop.
3: Well, we have to keep talking to each other. We have to try, keep trying to make things better, no matter what your political views or no matter what your background, we have to try to work together to make our community better. And again, I've had a, a wonderful run uh, with a lot of people around me, helping me uh, uh, on this journey. And I appreciate your, uh, your invitation to, uh, to come and uh, spread a little bit of my uh, uh, my knowledge of my career with your uh, listeners today
2: tom mckee thank you and good luck in the future you're a great american
3: thank you sir i appreciate it very much
2: god bless you let's continue with more tom mckee and by the way ken brew longtime sports anchor is also retiring from channel nine and what he's going to be on at three o'clock he'll be on at three o'clock today with eddie and the rock that's after three o'clock and uh it's sad but it's good we continue on News Radio 700, WLW. As you may know, this is my final uh, broadcast of the year 2018. Lord willing, I'll be back here for a few more years with you. By the way, tomorrow at 1 o'clock, Matt Steinman, write this down, 1 o'clock tomorrow, Jim Scott and I will be together for the first time maybe ever at uh, the Madeira Kroger ringing the bell for the Salvation Army with uh, Joe Dieters, Hamilton County Prosecutor. So uh, if you have free time to come on by tomorrow, Saturday, 1 p.m., 1 to 2, at the Madeira Kroger, I'm going to ring the bell to encourage you to put a few bucks in the Salvation Army red bucket with Jim Scott, the living legend, who makes few public appearances. And, of course, I make none because uh, I'm a quiet, underspoken kind of a guy. But uh, 1 o'clock tomorrow, I'll be at the Salvation Army Kettle, red kettle at the Madeira Kroger between one and two with Jim Scott, Joe Dieters, and myself. But uh, Ken Brew is also leaving. is going to be on with Eddie and the Rock about 3 o'clock today. And when I look over his resume and compare it to Tom McKee, it's unbelievable. I would say never in the history of television in any market, and uh, certainly not in Cincinnati, has the same person worked as the main anchor at all three stations, of course, Fox 19 would be four. So if Ken Brew could hook on with Trisha Mackey sometime later uh, next year in the Channel 19, that'll be a record that can never be broken. But he worked at the ABC, the NBC, and the CBS affiliate. He started uh, back in uh, 1974 as an Ohio University graduate, and he came to Cincinnati in 1987. So in 1987, he starts at Channel 5 with Norma and Jerry and many others. Then he worked at KRC from 90 to 96. So 87 to 90, Channel 5, 90 to 96 at Channel 12. He then goes to big time to WUSA TV in Washington, D.C. from 96 to 2000. Then he returned back to Channel 5 from 2000 to 2013, 13 years. Then moved in 2013 to CPO to be with uh, Dennis Jansen when uh, DJ retired. And then Brew replaced sports director John Popovich on Sunday nights. So he's – in other words, the guy can't keep a job. He moves around constantly. Plus, he's here every Sunday morning, Sunday morning sports talk. Plus, he pinch hits for most of us and does it seamlessly between morning drive, 9 a.m. to noon, 12 to 3, probably has done afternoon drive at some point. He's probably done sports talk, and he's probably done it late evenings. So the, the guy – works seamlessly between politics, sports, lifestyle issues, and more. But Ken Brew's last day at uh, Channel 9 is going to be the 31st, which is a few days from now. But uh, uh, he is essentially going to complete a career in television in Cincinnati that started in 1987. And Tom McKee, just heard from, started in 1974. Deb Dixon had her on. I guess the last man standing might be John London and Brian Hamrick. After that, we'll never see their, their ilk again, their like again. And in my case, I call myself the accidental radio talk show host because I never listen to radio. You know, you come in certain professions vertically, which is you start at the bottom and go to the top. In my life, I started horizontally. I came here because of my relationship with Randy Michaels. And then a few years ago, uh, the odds of me still being here were like non-existent. But, but I'll explain that in a moment. In nineteen seventy eight seventy nine, somehow, because of some minor legal difficulties, Randy Michaels, who was the program director of 55KRC, somehow we met. And I started working for him privately on some rather minor personal matters. And from that, he said, would you like to uh, be like ask the attorney and work with Alan Browning on the nighttime show on 55KRC? A couple hours, maybe Maybe once a month. I said, well, sure. Because I I listened a little bit to Rich King and Jerry Thomas and Bill Gable, a little bit to Alan Browning at the time, but not really much. And I never listened to this station, except when the Reds are on. I I listened to some of the Reds' broadcasts at the time. But, you know, I said, sure, I'll do a little radio. So Alan Browning and I did about two hours once a month on 55KRC. He was the host, legendary character, and I was the so-called expert. And in those days... Politics were not part of radio at all. In fact, we were told, do not talk about politics. Nobody wants to hear about politics on talk radio. So at that point, talk radio was, uh, was gynecological talk, urological talk, cardiac medicine. It was about vitamins. It was about anything that wasn't controversial. There was no controversy. Desperate and Dateless was something Alan Browning did, and Randy Michaels and I did that show a little bit on 55KRC. So a couple years rolled by, and the reason I did it is because it built my criminal law practice. So as a new attorney, I got out of law school about 19, 19 December of 74, passed the bar in 75. I was in Toledo. The only law school that would admit me in Ohio at that point was University of Toledo. So we, Penny and I drove to Toledo. And, uh, and I stuck around uh, after I was a federal law clerk to a federal judge for a while. I got a job with Snorf, Snorf, and Snorf. So Snorf, Snorf, and Snorf was my law firm in Toledo. And so I saw in OBAR reports a job at the Hamilton County Public Defender's Office. And I said to Penny, if I don't get back to Cincinnati soon and beginning my law practice, we're going to stay in Toledo. And I want to go back home, man. I I love the Reds and the Bengals. And Penny's family was here. My mom, my brothers, my sister was here. I want to go back home. So I applied. And a woman named B. Larson, attorney, Hamilton County Public Defender's Office, hired me to come back home. So I come back home. And I start my, start my uh, two years in the public defender's office. Then I walked up to Leslie Gaines, Les, Mr. Gaines. I've watched you in court. Les Gaines was a legendary character. I'd like to work with you. And looked at me and said, Cousin Willie, we've never hired any white lawyers in the firm. I said, well, you're, you don't discriminate based upon color, do you? He said, good point. So I met the other lawyers, James Keyes, Edwards, uh, Deborah, Deborah Gaines, and, all, and I started working for Les Gaines. And so it fit nicely for me. When Randy Michaels said, you could do a show on Ask the Attorney with, uh, with Alan Browning. And so I did that for like three or four years, from like 78, 79 to 83. So in the summer of 1983, a legendary character in this town, Bobby Lawrence, got together the financing. And he hired Randy Michaels from 55KRC to run 700 WLW. That was in the doldrums. We were in the top 10 of the ratings. So he gets hold of me and says, why don't we hire your client, Alan Browning, to come and do the evening talk show on 700 WLWS. That's a great idea. So we spent weeks back and forth on money and this and that, this and that. So there was a time in August. I knew it was hot. The Reds were playing. And he said, uh, well, I'm going to introduce Alan Browning to, to the staff. We got Gary Burbank is here. Bill Gable is here.
5: No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18-plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
2: Jim LaBarber is here. Why don't you meet us in the lobby of 3's, 4th Street, and you go up. This was in August of 83. And I said, sure. So I go up the elevator. And out walks. front of me was uh, the legendary Alan Browning and Randy Michaels, and I was three or four steps behind. And they introduced Alan Browning as the new evening host from, from 9 p.m. to 1 a.m. Every night, Monday through Friday, and it was a coup. The Inquirer had a big story. Browning leaving. KRC, And I was introduced, I was the second, third banana, introduced to Jim LaBarber, here's Bill Gable, here's Gary Burbank, there's Bob Trumpy, there's Andy McWilliams. Hey, how you doing? So, the weekend goes by, I hear nothing. Zero from anybody. It's now about 8.10 p.m. on Monday night. My phone rings. I was living at 7281 Jethwee in Madeira. And the phone rings and it's Randy Michaels literally coming through the line at me, cursing at me. Because my client, Alan Browning, was on the air live starting 8 6 p.m. And he wanted to know how in the hell is Alan Browning going to get in the car at 9 o'clock and drive down the hill from Mount Albert in 3 4? What the hell is going on? I said, Randy, I have no idea. What What are you? He starts yelling at me. I said, Randy, I know nothing about it. Stop it. I know nothing. I call him on a break. And Alan Browning says to me, Cunningham, get me out of that contract at WLW. I'm not doing that. When my Bosses at KRC discovered that I was leaving. They offered me more money I'm staying. I said, Allie, I kept telling you we could have done that for the weeks during the negotiations to play ping pong. He said, I don't care. I'm staying where I am. I said, son of a-. And so I said, I'm not representing you anymore. He said, you're fired. I said, great, I quit. I called back Randy Michaels about 835. I said, Randy, we got a problem. Alan Browning is not going to be in the air at 905 on 700 WLW. He said, then you get your ass down there. I said, me? I can't do talk radio. What are you talking about? I can't do talk radio. He said, the hell you can't. You're a lawyer. Get down there. So I drive from Madeira to Three's 4th Street, barely get in by 905. They had security down there. And I have no calls, no guests. You think it's easy? match Simon thinks it's easy. Sit in front of this microphone and see how easy it is. And I, I'm I'm dying. So I'm calling. I call my wife, Penny. you got to call me. You got to ask me something. Billy, I'm not calling you. I call Mark Menke, one of my golfing friends. Mark, you got to call me. Uh, I call other people that were friends of mine. I got half of them to call me to talk to me. So this went on every night until like March of 84. And uh, at this point, uh, I'm not doing well. Uh, Sako Weithy, Democratic chairman, I was a Democrat at the time, wanted me to run against uh, Judge Robert Kraft as a Democrat. He's a Republican. I go into Randy's office one afternoon and I said, Randy, do I have a future in radio? Because the Democratic Party wants me to run for judge, and if I win, then I'm out. And I'm looking at Randy thinking, you know, I want to hear that I'm pretty good. He said, Bill, you're no good. You're not going to make it in talk radio. In fact, we're replacing you next week. I said, okay, fine. I got my law practice. Life's good. Offer the job to a woman from Chicago. And on that Monday afternoon, she calls and changes her mind and stays at GN in Chicago. He calls me and said, can you do one more week? I said, sure, I'll do one more. During that week, the uh, entire home state savings debacle began to collapse. People lining up to get their money out of the bank, home state savings. They were insured by ODGF, Ohio Deposit Guaranteed Fund. Our firm had done work for Franklin Savings. I understood the ODGF was not a federally backed or state backed institution. It was private insurance. So I set up a big powwow at Schmidt Fieldhouse in which thousands showed up because they were going to lose their life savings, their checking accounts for a 1K. From that point on, because I understood the issue, it developed. At 84, 85, my rating skyrocketed. Suddenly in 87, Ronald Reagan, the Gipper, took away the so-called fairness doctrine in which he had to put on every political viewpoint irrespective of whether the listener wanted to hear it. So talk radio in 87, 889, suddenly erupted the commandos of the airwaves. I did Harada Rivera TV show. I did NBC, CBS, what was happening at night. From that point on, Willie was born, like in 89, 90, 91. And the accidental talk show host is still here, like 30 years later from that point. Then then 2011 happened. The same Randy Michaels, a legendary character, took over the Tribune Company, in Chicago. And uh, he wanted Mike McConnell and Bill Cunningham, the two of us, to come to Chicago and do talk radio in Chicago and GN. When Randy Michaels calls, people listen. The money was fabulous. It was a lot of money. Plus, they had my TV show, which he was launching. So the implication was you come here and do radio, then you do TV, life is good, Mike McConnell leaving. And so both of our contracts are up at the same time. So I know Mike and I were offered a boatload of money to leave, to go to Chicago. Mike and I got together one afternoon at Trios in, uh, here in Kenwood, and it was like, what are we going to do? You know, what are we going to do? Our contracts are up. The guy who launched both of our careers – who's a legend in this business, Randy Michaels, wants us to go to Chicago and do 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. Mike would do 9 a.m. to noon. I would do 12 to 3 in Chicago, 2011. And, man, I got close. But then at the end, I got cold feet. And the reason I got cold feet about going to Chicago was my grandkids, my son, my daughter-in-law, my wife, my family, everything I knew was in Cincinnati, and I don't blame Mike McConnell one bit because he made a boatload of money, but I was born here. I was raised here. I live here, and I'm going to die here and be buried here at Gate of Heaven Cemetery, and I got real close, and my hand never hit the contract to leave and to go there. We had management in place at the time who told me that I was off the air Until I signed an extension here. I'm off the air. So there was several days when we didn't have Mike McConnell and we didn't have Bill Cunningham. Mike left. And I understand completely why he did it. Completely. And then I never signed the contract. And I waited for Randy to take away my TV show. Which, to his great credit, he never did. They were separate issues. So I signed a contract here in 2011. And I have another one, I'm in the middle of another one, and maybe I'll sign one more, maybe not. I'm not sure. But the, the probability of me being here 36 years later, from the accidental talk show host of 1983 in August until now, it's been an improbable journey, impossible only because of you. If I did not have large numbers of listeners, none of the advertisers would be here who sell their products and services based upon what I, what I say. So one feeds the other. So as, we, as I conclude my last broadcast of, of 2018, I want to thank you for making my commercial life possible. And the things I have done, the personalities that I have met, the events that I have participated in is all because of you. Because if you weren't here every day being entertained, being informed, having a laugh, sometimes a tear, none of my commercial life would be anywhere close to what it's been. Thank you, and Merry Christmas. Let's continue. We never stop. We simply continue. Coming up after 1 o'clock today is J.T. Townsend on the Brick of Murders. Then later on at 2.30, we have Joe Dieters, which I traditionally do, my last guest of the year, our Stephen R. Adams, stop by the man, call the man, and Joe Dieters. And uh, they're going to be together with you and I at 2.30. But once again, 1 o'clock tomorrow, one time only, one, one afternoon only, Jim Scott, Bill Cunningham, And Joe Dieters, Ringing the Bell, Salvation Army, Madeira Kroger, tomorrow at 1. Thank you. Thank you. 1255, Bill Cunningham, 700,
5: WLW. On the day I was born, the nurses all gathered round. They gazed in wide wonder at the joy they had found. The nurse spoke up,
7: said leave this one alone.
5: She could tell.
2: I'm Billy Cunningham, The Great American. Let's continue. We never stop. We simply continue. In the uh, year 1966, there were murders in Cincinnati that rivaled what's happening with the Roden family and the Wagner families. They're known as the uh, Bricka family murders that took place in the western side of Cincinnati. It happened at a time when the Cincinnati Stranglers running loose. It happened at a time where there were riots about to occur, a time of great social upheaval. And this darling young family, a mom and a dad and their young daughter were just brutally stabbed to death repeatedly in the Green Township and and their western side of town home. And at this point, here we are uh, 52 years later and nothing has been solved. There's one man who has gained access to all the files because of the kindness of the sheriff, uh, Sheriff Neal to research it, wrote a a book north of almost 500 pages on the Brick of Family Murders. This man is an absolute expert. He's the author, J.T. Townsend. J.T., welcome, I think, for the first time to the Bill Cunningham Show. And, J.T., how are you?
8: Bill, I am fine as frog hair split four ways. How are you?
2: (laughs) First of all, why are you interested in the Brick of Family Murders? Why did it come to you? Summer's almost gone is the name of the book, but why are you interested?
8: You sound like my wife, Bill. Um, what is it with this case? Yeah. Um, it happened when I was 12, Bill. Um, I was kind of developing an interest in true crime, but I was a normal boy, played baseball like wizards. And um, I had a horrible nightmare, two nights after they were killed, that the a Killer had got into our house and was killing my family. And it was so powerful of a nightmare that I became obsessed with this case at age 12 years and nine months.
2: Well, I mean, in this case, Jerry uh, Gerald Jerry Bricka was like, what, 23, 24? Uh, he was actually 28. 28. His wife, Linda, was 20, 20, 23. 23,
8: a beautiful ex-airline stewardess.
2: A- and the daughter was four.
8: Four, and talked like she was 10.
2: And so th- this began in your mind as a boy saying, I'm scared to death that what happened, this isn't a time of the Cincinnati Strangler. It's out of time with the Manson family murders. It's a a bad time. And Um, you're thinking they're coming through the window. Yeah, Manson
8: was a little after that, Willie. But what we did have that year was Richard Speck and Charles Whitman. Yeah. And Senator Percy's daughter, Valerie, was murdered the week before the Brickas. And, um, you know, the Strangler had already taken four victims. And every every kid was kind of scared. They moved Halloween to the daytime that
6: year.
2: Me too. I yeah. lived here. I, I was thinking, I lived in Dillonvale, which is like Deer Park, and it was like, oh, my God. Uh, uh, my mother said, look, you kids aren't going out after night. We're locking the doors. We never locked the doors because no, um, uh, it's scary. You
8: know, this, this kind of thing's not supposed to happen in, in Cincinnati, Bill. This is, you know, this is Cincinnati. We're like your maiden aunt with all the cats. Um, so it couldn't happen here and it did and I think the city lost its innocence in 1966 when you throw the strangler murders in the racial implications of that and then this beautiful family slaughtered in their home right behind Western
2: Bowl let's talk about the murder scene itself Jerry had a sock stuffed in his mouth he's the uh, the father slash husband talk about the murder scene itself what did it look like when the police entered
5: No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
8: uh, County did a good job on this bill, and they they pretty much decided right off the bat that the killer knew the family. There was no sign of forced entry, no sign of a struggle, no defensive wounds. The family had two aggressive dogs that were no factor and might have been drugged. No neighbors heard any screams. This family was somehow lulled into a sense of security and slaughtered. Um, Jerry was face down, most of the wounds to his back. Uh, Linda was thrown across him, most of the wounds to the front. Debbie was dragged from underneath her bed. I'm sure she was killed last. If it was was rage against the adults, Bill, this child was killed cold-bloodedly as a witness, nothing more.
2: And the four-year-old daughter had such horrible wounds that the knife actually went through her body.
8: Four four knife wounds all the way through her body. I've seen the crime scene photos. She was completely stretched out, consistent with being dragged from underneath the bed. Um, And again, Linda's on top of Jerry, and and so the bodies are on top of each other. Uh, What I noticed about Jerry immediately, an extremely muscular man, like a college wrestler.
2: Strong, powerful, 28 years old.
8: Yes, and what I noticed about Linda she was wearing an extremely skimpy nightgown, and I'm thinking, this is Sunday night. The bridge on the River Kwai is premiering on TV, and why is she wearing that nightgown? Yeah, it's just very odd things on this crime scene. And why were these dogs aggressive against strange men? Why were these dogs no factor? About why, what? Was G- why was Jerry no factor?
2: Well, what time of the day or night did the murders allegedly take place? Um, the bodies weren't found till the next day.
8: Uh, actually, the, the murders happened on Sunday night, the 25th. Uh, Jerry was seen taking out the garbage around 9, a rainy night, not a lot of people out. It's the last time any of them were seen. Bodies were discovered on Tuesday night, the 27th. So the first 48 that the detectives always talk about was gone. Yeah. Uh, totally gone. So witnesses' uh, memories are already receding two days later by the time they find these bodies. I think if the murders had been discovered that night, might be talking a different story here.
2: Was there one perpetrator or two?
8: I always thought it was one, but that's what crime scene photos are for. I saw the crime scene photos. I saw the powerful build of Jerry Bricka, and I said to myself, no guy armed with a carving knife by himself could handle this guy had to be a second man with a gun possibly a third uh... Willie, there's a witness statement uh... at eleven thirty that night uh, two separate cars coming from western bowl saw three people entering a car outside the brick of house at eleven twenty it's sunday night it's rainy there's no other cars on the street there's no other people and they were right in front of a house where a triple homicide had just occurred.
2: Three people. Just like the dogs in the rodent case that didn't bark or attack because they knew the Wagners, in this case the implication is these two large aggressive dogs must have known at least one of the perpetrators.
8: Absolutely. I wouldn't say they were large, medium-sized, but extremely aggressive. Um, uh, they appeared, when they were found Tuesday, Bill, uh, it was almost like they'd been drugged. They were, they were basic. I, I interviewed the uh, ASPCA guy who took them out of the crime scene. He said there was definitely something wrong with them. Um, and, and you know, there's been tons of rumors about this bill, about screwing up the crime scene. And there were a lot of non-essential personnel walking through this crime scene. Detectives back then, they weren't evidence collectors. There's no gloves or booties or, no. or any of that stuff. But... Um, most crime scenes of that era were compromised. They almost had to be. I don't think this crime scene was compromised to the extent that prevented a resolution legally to this case.
2: I'm looking at a headline in the Cincinnati Enquirer that says, Family of Three, Knife to Death, Rape is Suspected. Yes, let's talk about that. Talk about rape.
8: Well, that's what initially the coroner said. Rape, and when I looked at the crime scene photos, Bill, Linda, Br- Linda Bricka's breasts were exposed. But I think that happened when she was thrown on top of Jerry's body because of the skimpy nightgown. Lead investigator Herb Vogel almost immediately contradicted the coroner and said she had recent intercourse. And eventually, I don't want to give away too many spoilers, uh, they did determine based on blood type she did have intercourse with a man the day before the murders who was not Jerry.
2: Uh-oh. Yeah. Well, well, can you tell if that was part of the criminal act or was this voluntary?
8: I don't think there was any rape the night of the murder. I think she did have, um, you know, Bill, the adulterous affair has been hanging over this case for 52 years. Um, I think the one officer on the crime scene told me the bodies are still laying there and people are talking about Linda having an affair with that veterinarian. It's the first rumor of the case and it's the one that's never died.
2: So the veterinarian allegedly was having an affair uh, with, with the woman. And and that was the motivating factor to kill three people, including a child.
8: Well, wouldn't be the first time an adulterous affair took a wrong turn into rage. I think a lot of people think, oh they were screwing around, that doesn't mean they murdered him. Yeah. Well adultery is a risk factor for homicide. Um, uh, did Linda Bricka end the affair? Uh, was she pregnant by him? Uh, was she going to expose the whole thing and take away his comfortable life? Um, there's all kind of possibilities. Uh, the uh, county determined correctly It was a personal cause homicide, someone emotionally entangled with the victims. It was not a mob hit. Uh, It was not a serial killer. It was not a cult. Um, It was not a uh, botched burglary. This was somebody who was entangled with these victims, specifically Linda Bricka, and someone had been pushed into a corner. Something irretrievable was done, and the result was murder.
6: Did,
2: here we are 52 years later. Now, is it possible to test the uh, DNA, the sperm found in her uh, private parts, to indicate who is, whose sperm that well, is? Well,
8: good question, Bill. They have a DNA profile. Uh, it's a tripod made up of the sperm taken from the rape-slash-consensual intercourse, Marlboro cigarette butts found on the scene, some head hair clutched in Linda's hand. It's not a very good profile, uh, they have run it against CODIS, known felons, and predictably no matches. Um, I'm told that it's not like an O.J. Simpson number. There's no 1 in 27 million have this profile. Right. It would be more like a 1 in 20, a 1 in 25.
2: Well, uh, objectively, J.T. Townsend, was Linda Brecka having an affair with that veterinarian? By the way, what's the veterinarian's name?
8: That is Dr. Fred Leininger. Uh, he, he remains the prime suspect.
2: Is he still alive?
8: No, he and his wife uh, committed suicide in 2004 together.
2: Uh-oh. He was in very poor health. Maybe, that. well, was, is there some implication that the guilt was so great from 1966 that uh, 38 years later they killed themselves? I kind of doubt that.
8: You know, I always wonder about that, Bill. When you get away with something like this, where do you store it in your brain and go on with your life? He was a practicing vet on the West Side till 1995. I he know. Had, he now, he I, was right there the whole time.
2: Somebody whispered into my ear, Skipper Ryle of Channel 12.
8: Yeah, boy, Ta- I, I get a little flack from this on Facebook. Um, Glenn Ryle was a close friend of Dr. Fred Leininger. Glenn Ryle was interviewed in conjunction with this investigation, and of the 400 interviews, around 16 were flagged as either the person was suspicious or the information given was vital to the investigation. And Glenn Ryle's interview was flagged, along with both of Leininger's and along with several other of Leininger's friends.
2: Glenn Ryle, Skipper Ryle is dead too, correct? He is dead. And at this point, here we are, um, 52 years later, is this case ever going to be settled? Are we ever going to find out who killed Linda Bricka, Jerry Bricka, and the four-year-old girl ever going to find 52 years?
8: That's the question. Um, A legal resolution to this case, Bill, I think is very doubtful. Let's say we got some familial DNA and it matched. Well, someone could say, well, sure, he had sex with her and smoked some cigarettes there the day before, but that doesn't mean he killed her. Um, The the truth, I wrote the final chapter on this case. I've got all the information from the case file. Uh, Eighty percent of the information in this book has never been made public. I've laid out all the suspects, all the information. I don't ask that the readers agree with my conclusion. Uh, I'd like to think I've kind of solved this thing, but but legally – Slim to none that will ever see it.
2: When, when you say, J.T., you solved the case, you solved it by excluding or by inclusion. Have you solved it by identifying the perpetrators or excluded everyone but someone known to the brick of family? Bill,
8: Bill, that is an excellent question. It's based on exclusion. And in a case of this size, imagine what the county went through in 66. I remember. Thousands of tips. You have to start excluding It's the only way you can arrive at the most probable killer, exclusion. I have arrived at, in my opinion, who the most probable killer is. I've got a massive amount of circumstantial evidence that points to Leininger. But in a court of law, Willie, not even an indictment. They couldn't get an indictment on this, much less a trial.
2: Dr. Fred Leininger, a veterinarian for whom Linda had worked as a temporary receptionist for for three three days. Three days. So that, that affair must have erupted quickly in three days.
8: Well, I think the affair had been ongoing.
2: Uh-oh, and um, then he hired her after they'd done the wild thing and then put her to work.
8: But, but think about this, Bill. If she doesn't go to work there, does this crime even happen? What did she uncover there on those three days? There's all kind of rumors about what was going on with veterinarians on the west side, all kinds of strange rumors. I addressed them in the book. She was an animal lover. And if she found some malfeasance on the west side with lining or friends of his, she wasn't going to keep quiet.
2: No. Well, he was interviewed one time and two then times. You, two times. Your book indicates he then hired an attorney and refused to answer even basic questions about the case after that.
8: Absolutely. Totally lawyered up after the second interview. That's good,
2: though. That's good to lawyer up. I like that.
8: It is. It is. I, I, I've read that. I've, I've uh, heard, listened to the transcript of the of the interview. I've got a lot of it in the book. They they trapped him. They caught him in several lies. Um, he could not account for his whereabouts. Uh, he said he last saw Linda Bricka on Wednesday night at work, yet witnesses placed them together on both Friday and Saturday before the murders. Why would he lie about that? Um, and they got him flustered. And he just cut it off and lawyered up that night.
2: Who was his lawyer? Wasn't Foss
6: Hopkins, was it?
8: <laughs> no, but that'd be, that would have been a good one, Bill, wouldn't it have? Yeah, he actually got um, uh, one of a, a son of one of a powerful West Side family, uh, former state rep Fred Moore. His lawyer was Richard Moore. Yeah, he couldn't have got a more powerful West Side family to get his lawyer from. And the lawyer basically said, uh, You charge him, or the, don't let the doorknob hit you where the dog should have bit you.
0: Lucky Land Casino, asking people, What's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky?
1: Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Haha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting.
0: Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky?
1: I never
5: win and tell.
0: Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.
6: See website for details.
8: And County was trying to interpret Miranda at this point. As it had right. just been passed. Right. And there was some question about that. And I think... I think they were a little cowed by the lawyer, but, but I've talked with Mike Allen and he said, you know, they could have, um, they could have subpoenaed him to a grand jury without his lawyer. Sure. sure. And and as you know, and, and he, he could have sat there and took the fifth on anything. He didn't want to answer. And then he walks out and it's over.
2: The name of the book is summer's almost gone for the Christmas season. It'd be a great to read. And, uh,
8: Oh, Bill, if I might,
7: sure.
8: I took, 60 books down to Joseph Beth and Rookwood in Kentucky, uh, Rookwood and Crestview on Tuesday. I took 80 more yesterday. Um, the book is available on my website, www.jttownsend.com. It's very doubtful you'd get it in time for Christmas if you order from my website. Right. Head to Joseph Beth if you need this as a last-minute Christmas gift.
2: For the Christmas season, nothing like a mass homicide used nothing, by knives. Nothing. nothing
8: like a grisly triple homicide <laughs> to get you in the mood for the
2: holidays. All right, J.D. Townsend, thank you. The name of the book is Summer's Almost Gone, and may you and yours have a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year.
8: You too, Bill.
2: God bless you. Thank you. Thanks. You too. At the time, you had the Strangler going on, you had the events with the riots, and then you had uh, cult killings around the country. You had the shooting from the Texas, uh, Texas uh, Tower, and then you had the brick of family murderers, and people in our community were scared to death. Stay tuned for more The Great American. Last show of the year 2018 on News Radio 700, WLW.
1: I just put up a lot of sacks. I don't go for race-baiting. Hello.
9: Hello. 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 Quiet, numbskulls. I'm broadcasting. Oh, you
5: bonehead. <sighs> oh, white guy.
1: I just right. put up a lot of sacks. I don't go for race-baiting.
2: All right, Segman. The sports are calming down greatly. Your reaction? Nothing's going on. Of course, high school basketball. Big game tonight is Deer Park, of course. But uh, who do what, they play? I'm not sure. I have to oh, look. Okay. You know, after last year, when you go 29 and 0, undefeated, yep. win the state title. Yeah, we got the ring. We got the money. We got everything. Yeah. I uh, you just
9: kind of assume that you're just got. Well, you already got one loss, right? Two. Two lost a tag. Lost last week. The Cowboys beat us sixty-two, sixty-one
2: at Wyoming last week. Uh, I, I look at officials. It's a crisis. You got you're on a two-game losing streak. Oh no, they won in between. Oh, they'll probably go like twenty-five and three, something oh. like that. Oh. But the, yeah, I mean, you, know, you can't win them all. When you go twenty-nine and zero, except last year, and win the state title, right? And you got the ring. I got the picture of me cutting down the net, right. At Value City Arena, well, you got the target on your back. Got the target, right? Know. It's okay. I'm, I'm good.
9: Yeah,
2: I'm I mean, happy. You know, yeah, just like Rain always losing in the state football playoffs. You know, it's just something you get used to.
9: You know, whatever. Yeah, but uh, what's new in sports? Willia, yeah, the uh, Stute reporter, is a proud service of your local Temp Star Heating and Air Conditioning Dealers. Temp Star quality you can feel. at Cincinnati Schmidt Heating and Air at five three one. Sixty nine hundred sports. Detroit Mercy and uh, the Xavier Musketeers tip it off tonight. Willie at Centa Center. Our coverage with uh, Joe and Byron begin at six thirty five. Also tonight, Louisville and Robert Morris. Of course, Battle of Ohio Part Two Sunday in Cleveland. Bengals up against the Browns. Who do you
2: like in that matchup,
9: Seg? The refs. Can can they beat Baker Mayfield? I, up there, I don't think so, because you know those fa- those fans are laying for you-know-who on oh. Sunday. You mean H-J. Huey. H.J.? Huey. That's right. Huey Lewis in the news. So, who knows? And then there was a... You guys always seem to find the negative of things. Thank you, Coach. <laughs> you know, I keep trying to look for the positives. You know, if Vance Joseph gets the gate in Denver, you know, he used to be here... Bring him back. That could be your. Uh, Bring him that, back. That could be your defensive coordinator. Get him back. I'm just saying. At least he's not one in 31. It's an upgrade from
2: you, Jackson. Well, see what happens. Once again, Rachel. People want to know. Tom Weedman tells me he's pumping the numbers on the blog on a regular basis now. Getting
1: close. Now, we have to keep going with our current trend of beating Kid Chris since he has so so gleefully chimed in saying that he will beat you even on vacation
2: on vacay
1: but he hasn't so we have to keep going with that and that that's why i found a murder for hire story about a porn star that was arrested in washington <laughs> what? state
2: what the Murder? Who's doing the murdering? What? The porn star or getting killed?
1: The porn star is doing. That's why she was arrested.
2: So she's trying to kill she, somebody. She
1: tried to hire a hitman to uh, murder an unidentified, unidentified person. Um, that person is safe. No harm came to them. Everything is fine. But she was in contact with a hitman. Her uh, stage name is Lynn Pleasant. Real name uh, Katrina Danforth.
2: By the way, Matt Simon. just she uh, changed it. Matt Simon says he
9: kind of likes her.
1: Yeah, she's she's. No, she's (laughs) known. Is
9: she an award winner in the adult film industry? That's a good
1: question. They did not mention that in the article.
9: Do they have
2: Oscars
1: for porn stars? Yes, the AVN Awards. Sadly, I knew that off the top of my head.
2: I'm afraid to ask, what does AVN stand for? Anal, vaginal, and something?
1: Uh, No. (laughs) I
9: think it's adult video, isn't it?
1: Yes, it's adult video. Oh, I forget what Get the, your mind state. Out of the
9: yeah. By AVN, thinking, you know, i N. I'm breaking. What the hell is it?
2: I don't know. But, but um, no, I
1: don't think. I don't think she was. A, don't think she's a, an A V N. winner. What's her no, name? Lynn Pleasant? Pleasant. Lynn Pleasant. So we have that story on the blog. Yeah, In addition you? to, uh,
2: well, and the only guy who successfully crossed a porn star was Donald J. Trump. That's true. He to Stormy Daniels owes him three hundred thousand dollars, which man. is. Speaking. We have we, uh-huh.
1: have, we have the uh, twelve days of Trump Christmas and the first pictures of Stormy Daniels' upcoming Playboy spread. As if we hadn't seen enough of her.
2: Ho ho ho! Seg, your buddy Wildman is calling in. Oh, Wildman, you want to talk to the Segman? man? Well, worry, I'm just calling to wish you <laughs> and the Seg man and Rachel a merry, 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 merry Christmas, sir. Same to you, Wildman. Oh man, it's been a rough year. Hopefully, next year will be a little bit better. That's all I can say. Well, you know, Donald Trump and uh, Mike Brown have a lot in common. You know, what is what? Trump and Brown having collabiled, man? Well, Mike Brown beat the IRS, and Donald Trump beat Stormy Daniels. <laughs> that's a good point. You you sell to make a good point, but that's one of them <laughs> right there. Because uh, Mike Brown beat the IRS twice in tax court, and how many people take down a porn
6: star? Not he's the first, as far as I know. Ever. <laughs> She hates life big time. Pay up, Stormy. Pay up.
2: Pay up. I don't know if she has 300000 after Michael Avenetti got done with her.
6: Well, like Rachel mentioned, what was it, a week ago, two weeks ago, she was going to be back out on tour trying to make money.
2: I could see maybe Segment and I going up there to help her out. Would you join us up there at the runway if she came back?
6: Well, I thought she was going to. What happened? I thought she was going to be up there, and then, I guess it didn't materialize, right? She
2: canceled everything. I don't know. Uh, she had some difficulties. I'm not sure what they were. Well, if she comes in the area. Uh, I'll I'll go up with you. I'll go up and check it out. Do I have to pay your admission fee? Nah, I pay my own. Do I have to pay the dollars on the runway, which are now twenties?
6: I don't. I don't throw dollars at strippers. I just go watch and drink.
9: <laughs> That's one. That's one right there. Can you save
6: that one
2: right That's there? One save that one. Well, wild man, we got to go. But you have a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Alright, oh, Willie. Thank. Hi. Thank you, Willie. All right, say so give me some more sports. That's all I got. That's it. Once again, on the blog, I think the big thing is the... how cl- what, when's, the, when's the cutoff, when's the, date the for cutoff this big bonus? To get the big bonus that I need so badly. The-, uh,
1: the big bonus cutoff is the 31st, but oh, okay. as of this morning, we are only 224 unique visitors away.
2: And everyone gets a big, big bonus.
1: It's quite a lot of money. Actually, So
2: it's up to our listeners yes. to make sure that all of us here get a big bonus from bankrupt iHeartMedia.
1: Right, because this is coming out of um, the higher-ups bonuses. That's what I like. because That's what I like we did right this, there. We did this so late in the game, which is, you know, just typical of us, that they yeah. did not budget for us to make a bonus. So they had already allotted that money to our... You know, senior vice presidents and so forth and so on so it comes back out of their bonuses. But our
2: listeners are so good and the content yes. is so interesting. You
1: are fighting the man right now.
2: Uh, make it happen. Go to 700WLW.com and then uh, just click, right? All you yeah, got to do is click. That's all you have to do. And then what happens?
1: Uh, we'll all get the bonuses and we'll all hang out and have a big party. That's good. When you get back from Florida,
2: when I get back, I'm going to go to a double wide near Cape Coral for a couple weeks. We
1: can't have the party without you. Yes, and you are you are the uh, blog king apparent behind Lance McAllister. Uh, now
2: I've worked hard at this all year. <laughs> what do you what What was that reaction?
9: Mom, just what was that reaction? My throat, I'm sorry.
2: What was that reaction?
1: I'm and going to get crowns for you and Lance.
2: Sean Hannity's having his 53rd. Chris
9: to hate life.
2: The kings and queens of talk radio will meet in an executive session. On December the 29th at the Ritz Carlton in Naples, Florida, to talk oh. about what we do in twenty nineteen.
9: About uh, Laura Ingram, what happened to her radio gig?
2: Well, she won't be there this year. Gave up radio. She's making like five million bucks a year for Fox. So Laura Ingram said, "No, nah, baba nada not a radio."
1: You don't Will there take be pictures? This no. gig, Do you? No. Will no. there be pictures
2: uh, of Laura Ingram?
1: No, 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 no. You guys, you guys at so the
2: Ritz. You, it'll be you, Hannity, Rush. Um, Who else? Neil boards comes. Yeah. Uh, Mark Levin, the great one, great one. Laura's been in there, but now she's not going to get an invite. I take it,
9: get that picture. Exactly. I want oh, those okay. You know what? That picture right there could put you over the top.
2: I'll get some pics. I'll get them. I'll send them to you. I'll tell you. Maybe me on the golf course looking for my ball without hitting the bushes. That
1: is usually pretty
2: funny. That's, or
9: you yeah. standing next to like an alligator or
2: something. I'm not standing next to any alligators. Could I guarantee. you. one.
1: Because even though we're close, I'm only taking Christmas Day off.
2: That's it. That's it. I'm going to work.
1: I'm I'm working the 24th, the 26th, straight through.
2: Now, What what if the suits, because of our great success, because of my great success on the blog, (laughs) what if they go to 2019 and put the level even higher? Now,
1: see, that's the other great thing about coming in incredibly late to the party. They already uh, made those numbers and adjustments, and they actually, like, brought our number that they expect us to hit every month down by 2,000.
9: Are you sure the dough is there the Ray and the Me. I don't know. Right. Because well, it's they could from say, somewhere. "Well, you know, let's we'll are, defer that to 2019 and see how you do."
1: The, these are uh, contractual obligations that they have that are legally binding, so we're all going to get paid. Isn't that great? Then you
2: sue them. Yes. If they don't, right, Willie? Absolutely. When you're when you're in bankruptcy and you tell the bankruptcy federal judge that these are the contracts we want you to honor during the bankruptcy, and if you don't honor the contract, you got to go see the judge. So they will pay. Your reaction?
1: I think everybody's reaction is over the moon. We're all very excited. I'm
2: excited. Segman, is that it in sports? A lot of high school basketball tonight. Yes, it is. Including the big all game. All over the place. Deer Park play somebody. I'm not sure who it is. I'll look it up. Okay. If you know who Deer Park going to play... Call 749-7000. Oh boy, here we go. we got to find out who Deer Park's playing. Somebody will call and say Somebody they're playing call. the Portland Trail Blazers. Well, they something. could beat them. Or they the Memphis Grizzlies. Yeah. Once again, I got this argument.
9: Maybe they could beat the Cavs. They stink.
2: 1 o'clock tomorrow. Rachel, you got to get this on the blog with your permission.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: 1 o'clock tomorrow, for the first time ever, Jim Scott and I will oh. appear together.
1: It's happening. What? Right, right there at
2: Madeira Kroger. I will get it up. And Joe Dieters is coming, too. Whoever rings the... Really? We're going to have the red pots. We're going to be ringing the icons. bells. They, living they be, icons. There
9: will be multiple pots because you're going to bring in a lot of dough. All the money. But with re- you three there?
2: When have you ever seen us three together in the same place?
9: Never.
1: That's impressive. Never
2: happened. jim Scott mm-hmm. and I I don't like the guy that much. And TNT? So, yeah, you know, TNT. So he's coming in later on, right? He's coming in at 2.30. Because last guest the last show of the season. Of every year, i got Stephen R. Adams. Stop out of band, Call the man. And Joe Dieters. 2.30 today. And you'll be here, Rachel, right? Yeah, they absolutely. Want, they want to see you. Wow. And Joe what said a, he's bringing some cookies. He's bringing some cookies. Can you eat cookies? I can't eat cookies. <laughs> what What can you eat?
1: Not cookies. Carrots? Yeah, carrots. i, I got can a eat. banana in there. I can eat banana.
2: Give her a banana. I'll
9: give
1: her a banana.
2: Give her a banana. Rachel, thank you. I'll see thank you at 2.30. Yes. But it's up to each listener to go, go to the blog, click on. it's all you need.
1: If you've ever wanted to stick it to your employers, Now's live your ch- vicariously through us <laughs> right now.
2: Now's your chance to make it right. happen. And uh, tomorrow, 1 o'clock, can you get it on the blog?
1: Yeah. I'm a, I'll am i go to my office, type it up, put it up there so Jim's everybody knows.
2: Bill Cunningham, Joe Dieters, Madeira Kroger, 1 to 2. All right. Segment, get me out of the stage Report.
9: Willie, in honor of a uh, overcast day here in the Tri-State and cold, and good luck to Tom McKee and Ken Brew in retirement.
2: How about that? Did you hear the interview with Tom yes, McKee? Yes, I did.
9: He's, he's a good guy right there. He's
2: a living legend. Amen to that. And also, Ken Brew is going to be on with Eddie and The Rock at uh, 3.05 today. Doesn't get any better than that. He's worked at 5, 9, 12. He might do some weekend work at 19. Then it's to complete Bada do, bada ding,
9: bada ding, bada bang. Right Not there. many, not many guys can say they worked at every TV station in one city. I'd say nobody. Plus, he works here. He makes you look like a slacker. We leave you with the immortal words of the Stooge Report.
1: I just don't know what you uh, would, what kind of household cleaner you would use to get stripper off of a championship trophy.
2: Is the MLS Cup out of the out of the strip club now?
1: As far as we know, yes.
9: I think I think Don Garber is uh, cleaning it. It's on the blog.
1: Yes, that video is still on the blog. I right. guess um, I guess our fearless leader did not go back and look at the blog post. Ignorance is bliss. Who can blame him?
2: Well, that means Scott Reinhardt's happy. Once again, thank you. We're gonna. Thank I'm gonna like ta- say I'm gonna take some calls in the American people, which we're now in two thirty. You feeling okay? I feel fine. <laughs> and I'm gonna compliment the wow. Cincinnati Incar for writing a nice story about me. What?
1: That rarely happens. What, what, uh, they, what they write?
9: Are they making amends from 1987 and forward? Wow! <laughs> so I'm going to talk about that, which is wow. kind of what they say about you.
2: Let me tell you something, Cincinnati. When the workers in Norwood, with a GM plant needed help, who'd you call? You called Cunningham. Let me tell you something else. When the crippled and sick kids in the hospitals needed money, the Ruth Lines Children's Christmas Fund. Who did you call? You called Cunningham. When the little guy, Mister Big Boy, out in front of the Fisher's restaurants needed to be saved, who did you call? You called Cunningham. And now, thanks for this, I get the Worst Cincinnati Talk Show Host Award. Let me tell you something. To hell with Cincinnati Magazine. To hell with the people of Cincinnati. I prepared an acceptance speech for the best. Now I find out I'm the worst. To hell with all of you. You're dull, boring, and old, just like the guy who won the best talk show host. And I'm getting out of here. Well, I didn't get it in 1987. But guess what? Like in the movie Papillon with Steve McQueen on the coconuts, I'm still here. I'm still here. Let's continue with more. 749 You may talk now to the great American until 2.30 today. Last show of this year on 700 WLW. All
8: right,
2: Billy Cunningham joining me in about 20 minutes or so will be uh, Stephen R. Adams and Joe Dieters. But please note tomorrow at 1 o'clock at uh, Saturday at the Madeira Kroger, Jim Scott and I will make, I believe, the only appearance together we've ever made. And likely never to do it again. One o'clock tomorrow, Saturday. Going to ring the bell for the Salvation Army. Try to raise money for the great work the Salvation Army does at one o'clock on Saturday afternoon. The Madeira Kroger. And I understand Joe Dieters himself may also appear. The Troika together in one place, one time. So come with some money. Stick it in the red uh, pot. I'll be ringing the bell with my Santa Claus hat uh, tomorrow, Saturday, one o'clock. I uh, seldom get good news media coverage. Conservatives never do. But when it does happen, it's somewhat uh, surprising. If you go to the Inquirer website, we're going to put it up on our website, The Morning Line, a uh, guest columnist for them, uh, Jason Budelman, wrote the following about yours truly. Headline is Willie. When your teams lose all the time, it helps they have some comic relief. There are a few things I enjoy more than listening to Bill Cunningham the day after some epic meltdown of one of our sports teams. While his politics are somewhat to the right of Genghis Khan, which some obviously like and others do not like, it's hard to argue that his coverage of local sports isn't hilarious. The Monday after the Vontaze Jeremy Hill fumble, he was so funny and made the whole thing palatable. His annual Reds opening day speech is something I make a point to listen to. I honestly almost wrecked my car listening to the Stooge report because often it is so hilarious. Aside from the humor... I would add that his interview with Mount St. Joe's Lauren Hill literally brought me to tears. He handled the difficult situation incredibly well. From time to time, I listen to national syndicated radio talk show hosts, and none of them come anywhere close to Cunningham's intellect, interviewing ability, and most importantly, his sense of humor. Willie is 71 now. Turned 71, by the way, on December the 11th. When he decides to retire, there will be a big, giant void on WLW, and my life will have a little less laughter in it, which is never a good thing. Never met this guy. Likely never will meet the guy. But I think what he said in this column in the Inquirer today kind of defines what I seek to do, which is to entertain and to inform each listener, you. That's what I want to do. That's my goal. And and I reach there sometimes, and other times i fail. Unlike on television that I did for five years, uh, there's no teleprompter television is largely scripted so you kind of know ahead of time you decide what you want to say producers will cut around the edges will say this don't say that goes on the prompter and away you go in radio or, or in print when the inquire or whatever it is time magazine does a story that they have time to go through editing and production they decide what they want to do and how they want to do it i have great respect for the few men and women who are greatly successful in talk radio, because there's no teleprompter, there's no one reviewing what you're saying. And when someone gives you the opportunity to sit behind this microphone and extemporaneously discuss issues, you never know, in a sense, what's going to come out of your mouth. And at times you succeed, at times you fail. I'm, I, I'm never really harshly critical of those, whether host or guests, who say things they wish they hadn't said. Maybe... Maybe every day there's a sense that I said or did something that might offend someone, uh, which is never my intent. Or or I, sometimes I say, you know, I was too harsh with that, or I, I wish I hadn't said it that way. And I, I do that all the time in talk radio. For those in the print uh, media, consider the thought that the second – you You type or say if it's broadcasted automatically with no review. no one's reviewing what I'm saying right now we have a seven second dump button, but that's about it. you're done and so uh i if I've offended you over the past year or two and said something that really got your dander up, I apologize for that i i it was not my it's not my intent I'm passionate about certain things that I really firm firmly believe in but what i try to do like i did with tom mckee at noon to 12 30 today is to, is to inform and then to entertain to make you laugh to have a good time life is difficult it it is a struggle and so bad things are happening to good people all the time and good things happen to bad people and it's a crapshoot you and i are in this journey together and it's a crapshoot how it comes out in the end I, i'm not sure I think about a Madeira boy who was 14 years old playing golf at at the Little Miami Golf Club, just right up against the Little Miami River. And for some unknown godly reason, a limb fell. He just happened to be in the wrong place at the wrong time. And the limb hit him in the head. And he's had had challenges for the last several years dealing with the result of simply playing golf and something bad happening. Kids walking to school at CPS, simply trying to get to school. And somehow – Someone hit them in a crosswalk and they have to deal with maybe lifelong injuries and more. There is no more uncertainty in life than, than there ever has been or could be. We, take out, we try to minimize the risks of our children and our grandkids and our family and your husband and your wife. You try to mitigate against known risks. But there are things that happen in life that are just completely, you, you can't make it up. What happened to Kyle Plush? Somebody could not imagine or guard against that. It was a happenstance. It was unbelievable. Those cops, those two cops who, who were there, feel bad about what happened. But there was an in-uniform deputy sheriff working private duty inside the parking lot, and he didn't, couldn't identify what was happening inside the van. There were cars parked on either side of the Honda Odyssey. And kids went in, got in the car, and left. They didn't know what was happening inside the van. It, it, was, it was an unusual happenstance. You just can't make up some of the crap that goes on. The woman driving her car out in front of McAtee Country Club and simply going to the store. And for some unknown reason, a limb from a tree fell and crushed her car just as she was going 30 miles an hour past it. And it killed her almost instantaneously. It, it's unbelievable. How does that happen? I don't know. There was a woman in the in the state of Oregon who was on her back deck, and for some unknown reason, a meteor the size of a marble fell from the sky and went through her brain. You're thinking, how's that possible? How how can that? Wasn't there some teenage girl in a hammock in northern Kentucky, and, and suddenly a limb fell as the winds lightly. Blowing during a summer afternoon, the limb fell and killed her. It's like, are you kidding me? What we try to do in our lives is protect and guard against known risks. I tell young people don't smoke cigarettes, don't smoke marijuana, don't get drunk, don't drive recklessly. These, these are known risks. But how do you guard against what happened to Kyle Plush or what happened to the teenage girl in a hammock or what happened to the woman? Just driving by McAtee Walk Country Club and suddenly she's dead or the boy a Little Miami Golf Club the had that limb hit him in the head. I, I don't know how you guard against that. I, I don't know what you do. So on this journey together, if I've offended you in some way, directly or indirectly, I hereby apologize and I'll try to do better. But I can't change who I basically am and that I want to be. I am what I am. That's all that I am. I feel that this column in the Enquirer summarizes clearly what I seek to do, which is to make you laugh and give you information and ask the questions that you would like to ask a newsmaker, but you're not capable of doing so because you're not behind the mic. And so, when I get one of my hundreds of guests on the air, and, and and I say and I ask the questions like with Tom McKee or with with Lauren Hill or someone else, I want to ask the questions that you would like to have answered. So let's continue. By the way, Deer Parks is playing Finneytown. So I'm going to get a hold of a couple of my buddies from Finneytown, see if they want to bet on the game. It's the Wildcat v. the Wildcat. So, So let's continue. Why don't we do this? Matt, with your permission, let's take a short break now. And then when we continue, I'll take calls. And if you call now, what I will do is... Make sure you get on the air, even if it's for thirty seconds or a minute. Thirty seconds or a minute. Seven four nine seven thousand or pound 700th New AT T. Well, let's continue with
1: with Lucky Landslugs. You can get lucky just about anywhere.
0: This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky.
1: Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
2: More, Bill Cunningham, News Radio 700, W O W. I'm Billy Cunningham, the Great American. In about eight minutes or so, we're going to have Joe Dieters and Stephen R. Adams stop by the man, call the man, write it down now, 1 o'clock tomorrow. I'm going to be with Jim Scott, the living legend, at uh, the Madeira Kroger to ring the bell. One appearance only, one time only. Get to meet me and the uh, Great American and also Jim Scott. I never really liked that guy. I, I, I never really did like him. But we're going to appear together because, no, seriously, Jim Scott wants me to do it. I'll do it. Let's go to the calls now. And these are the last series of calls for the year 2018 with yours truly. We'll go to Kyle and Linda and Dave and Diana and Stephanie, Seven four nine seven thousand. Each caller gets about one minute, about one minute, get as many calls in as we can. Let's go to Kyle on the cell phone first. Kyle on the cell phone, welcome to the Bill Cunningham Show. Kyle, how are you? Good. How are you, Bill? I'm doing well. Give me a full report.
6: Good. Uh, I actually almost got the chance to meet you the other day. Uh, I worked for Wallingford Coffee, and I was up in the iHeart Radio station delivering. You want to come uh, in? A-
2: come on. Not when I'm on the <laughs> air, but next—I don't drink much coffee. Next time you're here, come on in. Yes, sir. There was actually a gentleman uh, who was nice enough to show me back to your studio, but you're in the middle of recording. Yes.
4: Um, but that was a real cool experience. I'm probably going to swing by Kroger tomorrow and say hi.
2: Come on, say hi, because Jim Scott's a living legend in his own mind. And I will be there. We're going to ring the bell for uh, Salvation You know, I'm not sure exactly what the Salvation Army does, but they've done it for so long. It's got to be a good charity. It's got to be good, right? I'm not sure what they do.
9: Yes, sir. All right. We well, you have a Merry Christmas. So I don't want to take too much of your time.
2: Well, God bless you, and thank you very much. Let's continue now with Linda and then Dave and many others. Linda, welcome to the Bill Cunningham Show. Linda, please go ahead.
9: Hi, Willie. Merry Christmas to Merry, you.
2: Merry Christmas. I just
9: wanted to say that um, I—, I I really appreciated what you were saying about not meaning to offend and uh, what your job really is. I um, have a child who is transgender, and um, five years ago, I was so much more in line with your thinking. But until something happens to you, you never really know what will happen or how you feel. And I just want you to know that love wins, and um, I appreciate you getting the message out.
2: Now, Linda, hold on. Uh, I have uh, two friends... I won't mention their names. One's, both of them want to be private. In which, in each case, their younger son wanted to transgender to the female type. And uh, until that happened, I was, I won't say insensitive is the right word, but I, I was stupid. I was not knowledgeable about the journey that this family went through when their, when their 10, 11, 12 year old son wanted to be identified as a female. And having gone through that with those, I, I I wasn't directly involved, but I knew what happened. Uh, life's experiences tend to sensitize somebody, and it also tends to make someone more knowledgeable about areas of life they don't understand. And, and I I've, I have a different view now than I had five or ten years ago.
3: Exactly, knowledge is the key, and fear is what uh, stops people. Yeah,
2: and I, I wish you, I wish him well. I wish you well can't be judgmental about it whatever happens happens and and i pray your son or daughter doesn't go through a lot of pain and suffering i appreciate that willie merry christmas merry christmas to you let's go to dave and then uh vic and then diane and many others dave go ahead you're on the bill cunningham show coming we're getting close now matt steimond to the last caller with me this year but dave go ahead
6: willie merry christmas and i am honored and humbled to be one of your last callers of 2019 and as uh Uh, Former uh, Army uh, military, I want to render you a salute and uh, thank you for all you have done in entertaining um, your audience. And um, you couldn't agree with the Inquirer article, which you mentioned uh, anymore, that you personify everything that he has said. And I also want to thank you for the gift of Rachel. Um, you know, you like, you like honesty and transparency, and the suits yeah. report was getting a little stale. Yeah. And the female perspective and the spice and uh, honesty and feedback of Rachel is uh, fantastic. You know, she was, here, for, she was
2: here for like two years, and then she, oh, well, she went to Detroit, Fox Sports Detroit, and for about two years. And then something happened up there, and I said to Rhino, I don't care what it takes. Rachel has got to come back here because Segman and I have a certain perspective but you can't keep doing the same thing every day it's the same old same old we need something to spice it up man and Rachel is a pleasure to work with she's fun to be around and she has a perspective that otherwise we wouldn't have there's too many old white guys running around here Exactly and, and Rachel brings an element that we badly need and I pray to god she stays a long time at least till she I'm need- done
6: any anything you need, she needs. Uh, you need to leave. Um, yeah, she needs to stay with you. And as Seg puts it, she's the cut machine. And my prediction for the first <laughs> for the first Cincinnati trophy to be um, getting stripper glitter all over it would be FC Cincinnati. The uh, my my all I want for Christmas is a beatdown for the last two games from the Bengals by the Browns and the Steelers, so that we may clean house. Release as many players as possible so that Mike Brown can back up the Brinks trucks to get uh, Lincoln Riley and Kyler Murray oh. in as a package deal. And oh. let's start anew. Oh. Let's start anew for the Bengals. Please, just, just hope. Hope and change. Hope and change. God well, bless, D- 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 Hold on,
2: Dave. Let me ask you this. Last yes. year, as I recall, the Bengals might have played uh, Detroit and Baltimore. And, and unfortunately, they won the games. And, and I'm thinking <laughs> this year. I don't want to have a hometown team that I have to root to lose. But I find myself yes. in your position saying, wait a minute, what happens if the Bengals win in Cleveland, then win in Pittsburgh?
6: What that happens? That would be so Bengals for them to rise above uh, against all odds and go up there and beat Cleveland and then, and then knock the Steelers out of the playoffs and oh. see, and have Mike Brown say, look, uh, see, we're, uh, we're trending. We're trending <laughs> the right way. We'll we're, 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 we're right get at there. The, uh, near the 8-8 eight eight, uh, cusp. 8-8. <laughs> there we go. And, you know the record
2: uh, if Marvin Lewis loses the next two games, his all time record in Cincinnati would be 131 and 129. So if he, <laughs> and I'm thinking that would be a perfect epitaph for Marvin Lewis to be 139 and 129, because that is the definition of mediocrity.
6: And We'll kick him up to the front office and get uh, you, the cooler Jackson, uh, in as the head coach and Vance Johnson back here to run. Oh.
2: Uh,
6: v- give me that, Joseph. Get day. him back.
2: Get you, Jackson. Get them uh, all back. Get Bruce Coslet uh, back. Let's go. Get him you back. You know,
6: here. Andy Dalton, the red rifle, is, is a fantastic human being. Really, really, you know, Buffalo Bills would love to have him. He's they, wonderful. He's a, god wonderful. he's a god up there. But, you know, it, it's, it's time for – you know, kind, a change. Kind. At least, at least with the Reds, we've got some new life, and they try. you know, we don't. You know, we we've again. <laughs> so, I, I just uh, uh, my wish for Christmas is uh, a couple uh, L's uh, from the Bengals, Dave. and uh, again, the best to you and yours. Have a great time down Florida and getting out of this uh, fun weather up <laughs> well, here. Well,
2: Dave, Merry Christmas.
6: Hit him straight, Willie. God
10: bless Merry America.
2: Christmas. Let's continue with more coming up next. Is my partner in crime tomorrow at one o'clock in Madeira Kroger with jo- with Jim Scott, Joe Dieters, and more at your home of the Bengals. Bengals in Sunday playing for last place on News Radio seven hundred
6: WLW. And I also want to thank you for the gift of Rachel. Um, <laughs> you know you like you like honesty and transparency, and the suits yeah. report was getting a little stale. Yeah, and the female perspective and the spice and uh, honesty and feedback of Rachel is. Uh, fantastic you know she was here she was
2: here for like two years and then she she went to detroit fox sports detroit and for about two years and then something happened up there and i said to rhino i don't care what it takes rachel has got to come back here because segman and i have a certain perspective but you can't keep doing the same thing every day it's the same old same old we need something to spice it up man and rachel is a pleasure to work with She's fun to be around, and she has a perspective that otherwise we wouldn't have. There's too many old white guys running around here. Exactly. And, and Rachel brings an element that we badly need, and I pray to God she stays a long time, at least till she I'm need- done. Hello. 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 Hello.
9: I'm, skulls, I'm broadcasting.
1: I'll fall, you bonehead! Oh, You know, God. Rach,
2: you feel out of, out of place in this room with all these old white
1: guys. No, this is uh, this is our normal crew.
2: So, Joe, my if goal anything. in life when I'm about yeah. 92 is to be shot in the head by a jealous husband. Thirty-five-year-old woman, you know what I'm saying, and she accuses me of being the baby. You take daddy. the case, Joe. Would you take the He'll case? You'll be here,
10: won't you? I'll give him a break. <laughs> give him a break. Him a break. <laughs> the only reason I agreed to be here is because Matt Reese agreed to be Matt
2: here. Matt Reese, you've agreed to be here yourself, <laughs> Happy to be here. not yeah, as a newsman. No, you. no, nope, you're going nope. to be yourself. Just be he's, myself he's, here for a couple. Minutes.
10: He agreed to be here because I vowed, as Rachel told told me just before, I vowed never to come back on the Stude Report. And I'm back only because of you Matt Riddle. I did. Something like.
2: Right, two our, weeks ago. Two weeks. I offended <laughs> you. You were, you were standing right there and said, This is the low height of my career. This right is now.
10: the low water mark of my career. Yeah. I asked
6: Joe whether he might consider looking at reopening the Bricka case now with all the publicity
10: that we've. What had about Bricka,
2: on it so Joe? Far? What about Bricka? And Stephen R. Adams could represent whoever Stop you charge. Stop by charged. the man. Call, call the, the man. man. It's
10: what a, about little, th- a little stale. Well, well, your
2: buddy, so. Mike Allen, your successor in title, opened up the Michael Waring case. Remember that?
9: Yeah, were worked out great. That were Not guilty. Right. <laughs> Who's going to get the Bracken County deal with the, what is the Ramos brothers?
2: What about the Ramos brothers? Uh, yeah.
9: bring we the have that what lovely about Pike woman's County?
1: mugshot on your blog, too, by the way. How the about nice. this, Joe?
2: 60-year-old grandpa, he takes up with a 29-year-old woman. You know, I don't understand Who why. Who doesn't do that? I wouldn't understand what why somebody would So, <laughs> they kind of fall apart. So uh, the woman he takes up with uh, shoots uh, her sister in the head. So she's got a big crease down the middle of her skull, which we have on the blog. Yes. So the woman doing the shooting, of course, charged with attempted murder. Soon as that happened, what,
10: she's a crease down her skull.
2: Well, he, she, she missed Did it. Did it not? No, it kind of went from the nose to the top of the head.
10: When you got a skull that thick, it's hardly, sometimes bullets oh. don't go through.
2: Sister shoots the other sister, so the six year old guy takes up with the woman who's shot in the head now. And because her, the sister goes to prison
1: keeping it in the family,
2: keeping it in the family. So then, then, <laughs> then the other sister who's serving time in jail gets out for some reason. So there's jealousy between the two of them. So the one that he's having sex with breaks up with him. He won't get back to Sony PlayStation. So she gets two Ramos brothers to come and beat him up a little bit, but not a lot. Just don't kill him. Well, rough him up. Rough him up. But they came <laughs> in with aluminum ball bats and machetes. It's and just they, a delicious package. And, she, and they kill the poor guy. So they talk to the poor guy's family. And says, "What do you think happened?" Well, go see this woman right here. She's the one. that So the coppers show up. First thing she says, "Look, I didn't kill the guy. The Ramos brothers did it." So, so they go and arrest the Ramos brothers. Now all three of them are in the jackpot. Steve, who would you like to represent in that one?
7: The one that has the most money.
2: Bingo, right there.
7: <laughs> Good
10: move.
2: So the Brickett family. Doctor at home with your mom. So. So the brick of guy fan. you're going to be with. Tomorrow. Yep. So
10: the, yeah, we're tomorrow. One big, o'clock, Madeira you, Kroger. Let me hear your promo,
2: bro. It's on the blog. It really, Is it? Yeah, it's on have, the blog. What's going She's on? Got Rachel a great tell. set of bugs. That'll be Jim. Jim Scott. Oh, his Jim's classic. doing. It. Jim Scott too.
1: The three, possibly the three greatest icons in the tri-state. Oh, no question about that. Are going to be together in one place for one hour. Well, only, the Madeira Kroger, one night only, in support of the Salvation Army. Well, so go see them. Donate some money.
2: said you know what the Salvation Army even does? What do they do? Do great things, Willie. Like they what? do good. Give me one thing. They do good. Give me one. They help people. How? How?
10: They bring salvation.
2: Oh, hey, no, yeah, I'm in favor of that then. My Gay no, Affair with did. Michael Jackson? You think they had an army with tanks Wait a minute, and Jim Scott, Jim Scott just called in about Michael Jackson? My
9: Gay Affair with Michael Jackson? Did Wait you know a minute. First... Did you know that <laughs> joke? Wait a minute. Somebody needs to prosecute that deal. That's going to Pike County. So the Bricker families are okay. Nothing. You're not going to reopen that one.
2: It's, <laughs> 62 <no>. years ago. <laughs> you got enough work. And the
10: suspects didn't dead for 20 years. So. Oh, he I blew his brains out. Yeah. yeah.
2: What, what did Jim say about salami? How are we going to slip this salami in?
9: <laughs> That's well, the guy you're going to be with tomorrow. I can't wait for that. <laughs> Have you thought about looking into him That's a little one.
2: bit?
10: I declared two weeks ago, as Rachel mentioned, this was the last time I was going to be on this show. And so this what may, happened? This may be it. <laughs> Matt Reese agreed to be with me.
7: Well, wait, Joe. If you're not coming back, please do me this favor. I was looking forward to this. Will you please tell the great American listeners to say no, no to, to the, the popo? po-po. Can That's the so Hamilton County Prosecutor he say, no, say no, no, no to the, the popo? He will not say that. He wants that. to run for election, You <laughs> fool! Hey, now, hey, now, no, Joe. Can you, you say nuts? this slogan? How about this slogan? <laughs> Choose to refuse. Don't say that either. What are you crazy? <laughs> Let's say it How nice. about stop by the man? Call,
9: call the man. man. Can you say that? That's different. If okay. you want to leave, call Steve.
10: <laughs> if you want to leave, call Steve.
9: There you go. He just said it. <laughs> he just
7: said it. I love you, it. man.
10: Hit the music. He's going, Steve's. What? I don't even want to start telling stories. <laughs> <laughs> what the?
2: Steve, how about the time you and I were on the other side of a case? A classic
7: moment. Yeah. Steve's running for you. to judge David Davis. That's it. Dave Davis. He showed pro- me the picture of the little little leaguers, and and your client was a coach. Look at my coach, your honor. Look at these Were little. Were you a prosecutor? There? I was a prosecutor okay. back right. then, and All he's right.
2: laughing. I said, "This poor man's got to get back to teach these kids about the double play, <laughs> about a fielder's choice, and those
10: code words for something." I'm not sure.
2: <laughs> Jim Scott would know. So uh, mow the lawn. I'm not sure what happened, but it was good, right? You got a good result, of course. Dave Davis was easy, though. We, we like that. Rachel Is there a scientific method approach
6: to hitting on you?
1: Now you guys also have to ask Jim Scott about his Bigfoot encounter because that happened too. Uh-oh.
2: Jim Scott had an encounter what? with
9: Bigfoot. Really? Yeah, yeah. Wait a minute. Are ah. you sure? Yes, absolutely.
1: Yes. Perfect. He saw, north. He saw a Bigfoot apparently scale a bridge. I I don't know. You gotta ask him about it. He
2: saw a large beg, monkey begged going begged up him a bridge. To stop drinking. Years I begged ago. Him. <laughs> Begged him. Jim Scott saw a big monkey climbing up a bridge. Sleep with me, Rachel. Tell Joe what's on the blog.
1: <laughs> We've got the twelve days of Trump Christmas.
2: This is oh, God. the <laughs> first.
1: The first picture <laughs> is really going to be a special <laughs> The first pictures of Stormy Daniels Playboy spread. That is, is that legal, in.
2: Joe? Yeah. Please continue.
1: <laughs> <laughs> We've got your We're uh, in
2: Sycamore Township.
1: You've okay. got your Bracken County mugshot. Which Bracken County mugshot, this love.
2: lovely woman. Took a bullet to the head well, and survived, but her sister shot her. By the way, this woman has worn out for her arrest for beating up her own mother. You like the picture, Joe? Look, it's <laughs> beautiful. Beautiful woman. <laughs> he had a physical
1: it's reaction like to
10: homicides in Hot Pike County. So.
2: When you're charged with beating up your mother
1: oh, and
2: shooting your God. sister, this is not good. This is not good.
1: Another legal-related case. Yes, a porn star has been arrested in Washington State after trying to hire a hitman to kill an unidentified person. Who is fine. He is okay. But <laughs> she heard has that been case arrested. Wants to
9: change a the venue. They want to come here, Hamilton County. <laughs> Get now, now, Joe Dieters
7: wants a suspect in that case to say yes, yes to the popo. Now, Joe Dieters likes to say yes, yes to the popo, whereas I say no, 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 no to, to the, the popo. Po. But
10: Joe likes saying yes, go ahead, say it, Joe, say yes, it. yes. I'm to the not po-po. saying anything. Yes, yes. I, you like confessions. I You like a priest. I seek justice. That's what I do. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 <laughs>
2: what else is on the blog? Joe wants to know. <laughs>
1: We also have um, the inmate that escaped from Pike County Jail and ended up in the hot water.
2: Yeah. Now, this is a stupid. At
1: the senior oh, yeah, the citizen hot living, tub. Yeah. She what? ended up in hot water at the senior uh, citizen center. A woman center. escapes
2: Pike County Jail in her pink outfit, ends up in a retirement home in a hot tub. That's stupid. Wearing the outfit Hugs. she escaped from jail from, and she said to the police, what are you doing here? And she's... In the hot tub up to her abs. <laughs> Who
10: doesn't do that?
1: Joe, <laughs> as a professional, do yeah. you feel that Pike County could have any more problems? No.
10: And uh, I knew they had problems before. Now, now, we, got got, now we got real action. Now we got real action. Live action. We got real action. <laughs> got now. Triple interaction. Oh my <laughs> I had Mike DeWine on a couple of
2: days ago. Live yeah, action. Yeah, yeah. And I asked Mike DeWine, did you know when you were working with Charlie Reeder the sheriff of Pike County, that he was a thief? <laughs> That went over like a turd in a punch bowl. Well, yeah. let
10: me tell you, he did. And I'll say it publicly. He knew there was problems there. Major, major, major problems. Like but what do one. you do? They, they knew. They He's knew. the elected sheriff. What do you do? Nothing you can do. There's, there actually is a way to remove them from the, the office. Shot in the head? Through the Court of Common Pleas.
2: You go to Common Pleas Court.
10: Yeah. There's only one judge there. I know.
2: And then what do you do? Say, the guy's a thief?
10: You... <sighs> You petition them. Dave Yost's office is going to have to go do an, you know, the whole audit and figure out what the hell happened. But a lot of drug money's missing. But I already knew that there was problems there. We got issues. Got issues. And right. you know, we volunteered to help with the Pike County stuff. Will that happen? And, you know, with like competent people that can try murder cases, and we were told to mind our own business. So, <laughs> so. <laughs> That gives you a feeling of what's going on over there. How are we looking? Not good. Not good.
2: Stephen R., would you represent one of the uh, Wagner murderers if paid sufficient large amounts of money?
7: Certainly.
10: Segman, please oh continue. My God, that's so shameless, isn't it? Shameless. It's shameless. He didn't care. you,
7: well, don't, you don't. No, care. I care. I care that they abided by the Constitution and kept their yappers shut. That's Keep smart. going. Blow harder. Blow harder. Keep going. Blow <laughs> harder. Blow harder. Blow again. Blow again. They didn't say yes, yes to the popo. They said no, no to they the popo. They said no, no to the popo. From Alaska, they were saying no, no.
2: no I no. want
10: to ask Matt Reese a question. Go ahead, Matt. Matt. What is your feeling on this Pike County incident? What tell me what you think. You you scour the news every day. Every single day.
6: Doesn't look good for the Wagner family. <laughs> I at this point, looking? Not looking forward to hearing the other side of the story. There is always another, another side. side of the story. And that's what we need to hear. But we have heard nothing. nothing. Yesterday, Jake Wagner, I mean, he had a different look when he came in the courtroom. He looked so, pretty I mean, he good. He had the hair pulled back. He looked oh, a little better. Yeah. Nice. A little bit. He had on civilian Removed clothes. Removed his tattoos. Got the tattoos. Yeah. You taking
9: clothes shopping? And was smiling yes. a little bit, too, I'm really
1: looking forward to all the TV specials that are going to be made about. And the book. Oh. Who's going to write the book? Who would you have Paul play Docherty? you in a TV special? Robert De Niro. Tom Hanks. Tom
10: Hanks. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Maybe Pee Wee Herman. How about you? I don't know. Artful Alfred E. Do- Newman. Alfred E. Newman. <laughs> what, me worry? <laughs> Say, give me some sports. Get a big game tonight, of
9: course. Deer this Park in Finneytown. Well, the uh, Stooge really? report is a proud service of your local Tempstar. Heating and air conditioning dealers. Tempstar. Tempstar. Quality you can feel in beautiful Western Hills. Call Durbin Heating and Cooling at 598-8449 or go to DurbinHeatingAndCooling.com.
5: Sports.
9: Detroit Mercy and X tonight, Willie. at 635 after a, a long sports talk show with Lance. And uh, that's about it. And then uh, Deer Park, the cats and the cats go at of tonight, right? Finneytown. Finneytown versus the park. I'm taking a park in that I match grew up, up in
10: Finneytown.
2: You want to make Uh-oh. a little hot fudge sunny bet on that one? I went to San X. So I'm sorry. Oh, I wish San X would play the. Part. I would love that. They wouldn't beat their butts. I don't know about that. <laughs> hey, 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 hey! Once again, George Grant. Thank you, Rachel. Was
10: it? Um, was that Griffey's three thousandth hit or something? Uh, I, I,
9: uh, I think it was a home. His home. Uh, like I think his five five hundredth home run hit. George hey! Grant. Thank you, George. That was
10: well-prepared. Well-prepared. Hey!
2: Can we hear it? We got to hear the Mike McConnell. Listen to Mike McConnell. This is one of the classic moments. Uh Uh-oh.
10: Hang on. He's searching. He's looking. Erickson
0: moving under it. and Catches it to 37. Drops the football.
5: (laughs) Oh, no. Nothing summarizes. Being a Bengals fan, quite like the phrase, oh, no.
2: There should be t-shirts, billboards. Oh, no. Oh, no. (laughs)
9: Vontae's perfect. Oh no,
10: Jeremy. How, Hill. how, oh, no. how Seriously, Gold. how bad are the Browns going to beat the Bengals this week? They're double-digit favorites.
9: Oh, but there's big news though. Tyler Eifert, he had his mullet cut off today. What's that? He's looking like a regular human being again. Tyler Eifert, remember him? Vaguely. He's hurt. But... He got. He, did yeah. yeah did he, he get hurt? He during? got a haircut, so he's a little bit lighter in his step now. Did he get hurt during the haircut? Can't
10: say. Jeez. So this is your last. This show. is it. This Don't is be a
9: it. clown.
2: Don't be a clown.
10: This is your <laughs> last show. Hopefully, <laughs> of hey, you're part of it,
2: Joe. How about that? How many years? <laughs> you and
10: Adams. are You there. used to track your guests. Do you know who? I used
2: who? to. I got to do that because anymore, though, but you and you and Jones are always competing, and I quit doing it. Next year, I'm gonna I'm gonna track all my guests. Well,
10: Eric Dieters was doing it. He was a long time. And by the way, Eric just hammered Children's, Children's. Hospital. I mean, just Children's Hospital has got problems. Yeah, they got big problems. I Wait, mean, I, it's unbelievable. They didn't. Yeah. They need to. They need to settle that stuff. I
2: love baked beans. Thank you, Eric. Well, you called in about that. But uh, once again, Rachel, thank you. We had thank a great you. year together. Yes, we did. Can we? You promise not to leave?
1: I won't Don't leave. Don't be in a the, Jezebel in Don't the two, two weeks leave. that you are gone. No, I no. I want it,
2: you to promise to be oh, here as long as I'm here. You know, I oh, tried that's... to hire you.
1: I know you did.
10: And he? No, he would not. I let said me no. do That. <laughs> but, no, no pubic hair.
1: What did Eric say? Minute, what?
4: Pubic
2: hair. Eric, come on. Come on. Joe, thank you. Matt, <laughs> Matt Reese, thank you. Matt Reese. Stephen R. Adams, thank you. Thank you, Willie. Dale, thank you. <laughs> Segment for the last time in the year 2018. Get
9: me out of the Stu's report. Willie, in honor of uh, TNT and Stop by the Man, Call the Man, them. in the final show. A and we thank everyone for listening this year and, next and continue year. on.
2: Next year will be bigger and, continue and better. Continue
9: on and continue on. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to all. We leave you with the immortal words of the Stooge Report.
1: I just put up a lot of sacks. I don't go for race baiting.
2: Hit that again from Rachel.
1: I just put up a lot of sacks. I don't go for race baiting.
9: Thank you, Rachel. Can I
10: make one last statement? <laughs> Please. All right.
9: You're going to come back, right? In 2019, you better say I, that.
10: I, I, I'm going to come back, but okay. I want to say this: for you to claim you live in some double-wide trailer <laughs> in Naples, close, is the worst lie I've ever heard. And I've deal with serial killers, <laughs> and and you claim this. You got to see his place. It's like, have you ever seen it? I'm it's not allowed uh, to go a, even a, it's near It's unbelievable. unbelievable. It's, it's gated. W- it's beautiful. It's near, guards it's everywhere. Near, it's near.
2: It's near. Near. Near Cape Cod. I didn't say it's in Cape. Cod. I said it's near. You said it was
10: a double wide. No, that's true. All right. uh, That's I'm just a totally false. And Penny would, Penny would never put up with that. Double wide. Penny would never put up with that. Ever. Rachel, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Bill.
2: Joseph <laughs> TNT, thank you. Stephen R, you, thank you. Really. Dale, thank you. Up next is The Rock with the sidekick, Eddie Fingers. Willie! With Ken Brew also quitting. Everybody's leaving. Tom
10: McKee's gone. I know. Tom is a He's great gone. guy. He's
2: gone. Gone with the win. Yet much like Papillon with Steve McQueen on those coconuts. I'm still here. I'm still here. I'm still here. On 700 WLW.
4: It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper?